Hey, 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 I got another question. Hey, uh, doesn't this guy deserve a fair trial? This is episode 12 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprigg. And I'm Jess Geyer. What do we watch today, Alex? The Animal, starring Rob Schneider. And how is this movie different than Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo? He's a cop. <laughs> that's, that's basically it. Well, it's slightly worse, uh, first off. It's uh, pretty similar, though. And it is a one-star Sandler film. It is made by Happy Madison Productions. There is a bit part by Adam Sandler. Where he plays the townie that Rob Schneider plays in two previous movies. And Adam Sandler did it way better. Is the funniest part about that? He's a better townie. Yeah. (laughs) To be fair, I think that he would have been a better... I think he would have played this character better. Yeah, because he's better at like uh, impressions and stuff, and kind of physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Like I wa- throughout the entirety of this, do you know what I was thinking about? Hmm. If Chris Farley starred in this movie, it'd be a fucking classic. Oh my gosh, it would be so funny. Because like, Ro- like you made you made mention that there's one scene where he's not even trying to pretend he's running when he's supposed to be running <laughs> sixty miles an hour. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, Chris Farley would be sweating. He'd be going for it, and it, I would I would be laughing about this shit. It would be a terrific movie if it starred Chris Farley. You're right. And uh, real quick, what do you think this movie got on the Rotten Tomatoes scale? 16%. And from audience? 43. There's something really interesting here. For the first time, the audience score is lower than the critic score. What are you talking about, Alex? Alex, that said, the world does not make sense. Tell me, tell me. It's because the critics got it wrong. They said 30%. That's too high, I think. I actually think that's pretty fair. Like a three out of 10 is where I put this movie. Um, the audience gave it a 28%. How? Yeah, where where was the redeeming factor in this movie from critics? I do not know. My brain doesn't work anymore. I can't do this podcast anymore. <laughs> like nothing, yeah. nothing makes sense. This This podcast is like a bad drug for the brain that over time is eroding my ability to like understand what is funny or understand anything or understand whether or not I'm reading too deep into things. I will point out I I can barely spell at this point in my life. Like I was already kind of a bad speller. Now, just like every word can't even can't even do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then the final piece of information we all want to know is I actually laughed 26 times in this movie. <laughs> which is high. But I, I, I marked it down. I laughed six times during the scene where the car fell off the cliff. That was just a really funny scene. It was well done. It's funny. It's like an overextended car crash where he keeps thinking he's okay and then he falls farther. It's very slapstick. And that'll get <laughs> it me every ends time. with a giant boulder falling on top of the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. What I want to know, though, is did you like the movie at all? Did I like the movie? Yeah, did do, do you like it? I didn't, but not because I thought that the premise was bad and not because I thought Rob Schneider was bad. Uh, I didn't like it for a couple reasons. Uh, there were some jokes that I thought were super off color that didn't contribute anything to the movie. Yeah, the I don't want to watch a man fuck a goat. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> we just it's, come out and say it. <laughs> And I just didn't think that Rob Schneider and Colleen Haskell had any 
on-screen chemistry at all. Mm -hmm. Colleen was so low energy. Yeah, there's a reason for that. This is her first acting gig. So. Oh, is it? Yeah, they have her in this movie because she was popular on the first season of Survivor. Wait, she was on the first season of Survivor? Yeah, she came in sixth, so. Okay, all right, that makes Which, more sense, but. It's actually why I think they might have had the environmentalism play for her, but I think this movie was written and then she asked her to come on. Okay. But, yeah, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> she she had a pretty wood and bad just performance. Mm-hmm. I think that most people in this movie had a pretty wooden performance. The The chemistry on screen that I did enjoy, I enjoyed the chemistry between Rob Schneider and um, John McGinley. Yeah, Dr. Cox is what I will call him because that's the only role I know him in. Y- me too. And he's jacked in this movie. Well, he's always jacked. Is he? He wears scrubs in scrubs, but that man is always just fucking ripped he's ripped yeah and i also liked miles and fatty that's the character's name yes miles I and liked fatty those. are really good i didn't think like there was no on-screen connection between dr wilder and marv i don't think there's really supposed to be yeah but they didn't even play off of each other very well yeah no i i agree it felt like a middle school play it was yeah there were a lot of like deadlines that were just kind of left hanging there i didn't think the editing was done well like they could have cut a lot from this movie to make it make more sense yeah from what i'm seeing though it looks like it's this is a first try for a full-length movie for like the director and the producer and really a like this is the junior squad of happy mass and then they let them make a movie and they put rob schneider in it (laughs) well i mean rob schneider wrote it basically but and I think that's what this kind of was, was a, you know, freshman attempt or sophomore attempt at uh, making an okay movie on on the dime of uh, someone else. Although, damn, no, it, fucking, the budget was $47 million. That's higher than I expected. That makes sense because they had to have all the animals and also that yeah. the scene where, I mean, there are a lot of expensive scenes, actually. Uh, the car, The car crash scene is expensive. The scene where he turns his garage into a beaver dam is expensive. That car crash scene, though, was specifically, though, they used a, like, late 60s shitty car that he drove so that it would be cheap. That's how I saw that. Yeah, but it's still an expensive thing to be able to throw a car off a cliff. I mean, probably, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Movie made $85 million, so they did fine. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. (laughs) No, it did okay. No, I think it's funny that you thought Deuce Bigelow was a better movie. I, if I were given the choice between watching Deuce Bigelow and The Animal again, I would watch The Animal again. It's about a point below Deuce Bigelow for me. I I wouldn't really want to watch either of them again, to be honest. (laughs) But I think I would watch this one again instead. I will say, I was a little bored during the movie. I I actually boring. I like it less in retrospect for some reasons I'm going to get into. Mm -hmm. But like, I've seen worse movies. And there's movies people really like I dislike more than this. So, you know. It makes sense that this is a first movie for the writer and for the director. I mean, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, he's a football player. We got to give him some credit. I mean, (laughs) he was really busy at U of M at this point, slinging those, you know, oval eggs around, showing that he wasn't just a third stringer. That's as much as I know about Tom Brady's original career. 
Mm-hmm. I, I will say, though, that now that Tom Brady's on the Buccaneers, he's probably the greatest football player who's ever lived. We are talking about Tom Brady because that's the name of the writer of this movie. Yeah. Not actual Tom Brady. I mean, he's actually a Tom Brady. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, it does feel like a first-time film, and I think that it might have been a little too ambitious for a first-time film. The genre, they have it listed under comedy and sci-fi. I really do disagree. It could have been mm-hmm. reshot as a horror film and done really well. I agree. Which I'll talk about later, too. But it tried to play on too many elements at the same time. It tried to play on this romantic comedy. It tried to play on the comedy itself. It tried to play on this kind of buddy cop thing. It tried to play on the Isle of Dr. Moreau thing. It was trying too many it was too spread out. It, I mean, it's it's a complaint I had with uh, Little Nicky where it's like, you're doing a lot of things instead of doing one thing well, and it kind of doesn't hit at all. <laughs> so I just looked at the plot keywords on IMDb. Oh, same. I was just doing that. Do you see camera focus on female butt? Yeah, it says overweight, camera focus on female butt, cartoon on TV, seal the animal, forest, And then 66 other plot keywords that I'm not going to look at right now. Boulder falls on a car. (laughs) No. Eating from a garbage can. Badger milk. Lynch mob. There was one of those. Um, All right. Let's let's real quick recap the movie. (laughs) Um, Instead of just listing off the random plot keywords. You know, we could list off the random plot keywords and you'd understand the plot, though. Yeah. Badger milk. Boulder. Cops. Full moon. Ooh. Harry butt. Alright, continue. Uh, okay. <laughs> Please recap it. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Marvin Mange, played by Rob Schneider. Oh, by the way, this is like one of the first movies where the main character's name is not the title. Well, he is the animal. Oh shit, you're right. Fuck. Yeah, fucking Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Marvin Mange. <laughs> Marvin Mange, played by Rob Schneider, is a wannabe police officer. Uh, for now, he works in the evidence room, and he is just, you know, he's not very alpha. He's a beta male. Let's be honest. He yeah. can't even control a group of eight-year-olds, and he gets no respect from anyone except kind of his friends Miles, played by Guy Tori. And Fatty, played by Louis Lombardi. He goes through the police obstacle course, and he can't make it past the final wall. And he ends up peeing his pants again. This has happened many times, apparently. Mm-hmm. So dejected, he ends up buying a supplement, like a health supplement called Badger Milk, which is just pure Badger Milk, to hopefully like get some muscle gains. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a, a muscle milk steroid mix. Mm-hmm. I think I know where most of the budget came from, actually, now. What, badger milk? Big badger milk? It's milk and all the badgers for that badger milk. Oh, yeah, that's got to be expensive. <laughs> uh, during the police softball game, which Marv was not invited to, Marv has to cover for Fatty at the desk. Fatty's there, too. He's just, I don't know, taking a break. He has to cover for Fatty at the desk, and he gets a call about a robbery. After failing to get help, he speeds over there, but has to swerve when there's a circus seal in the, ro- in the road. And he crashes his car on the cliff, like we said. Uh, there's a scene where we see where he might be undergoing some sort of surgery, and there are animals involved, like a monkey and a chimpanzee and the seal and a goat. I, I do want to point out, yeah, uh, there's a goat and a horse. They they did a actually good job 
of making it seem like he was going to the robbery where he was going to get shot by the armed robber. And then he just crashes his car. It was a pretty, it was a pretty funny twist. Yeah, there are so many red herrings in this movie. Yeah. Where you think one thing's going to happen and it's just not what you expected. And then they have some blue herrings, which I'm upset about. What? I'll talk about it later. Okay, anyway. I'm so confused. Anyway. <laughs> um, he wakes up by his car. Uh, and he's perfectly fine. And he's suddenly kind of jacked. He's not really that jacked. He's like as fit as Rob Schneider ever gets. <laughs> and he has a very hairy butt. <laughs> and in addition to the physical changes, he also can command the respect of animals. He has become an alpha. Yeah, he can run really fast too. And he no longer has asthma. He learns, though, when he gets back to the police station that he's been out for eight days. Later at the park, Marv sees Rihanna... Who's played There's by Colleen Haskell. A very funny scene. When he learns he's out for eight days, Fatty tells him, don't worry, I covered for you. I told him all you're like a super alcoholic and you're just on like a bender. So everyone's cool with it. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> I just think that's actually an important like bit. No, it is. Anyway, at the park, Marv sees Rihanna, played by Colleen Haskell, She's an environmentalist who he saw actually on the TV before and he had sent poems to. Her claim to fame was that she saved a single redwood tree by, like, camping out in it. But all the other redwoods in that area were clear cut. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marv and Rihanna get along great. And he catches a frisbee in his mouth. um, And she invites him to her shelter where he can play frisbee with the dogs. Marv... Ends up visiting Miles at the airport where where Miles works as a TSA agent. And he also learns that he can smell drugs up somebody's butt. And this gets him promoted to full member of the police, but he's on a 30-day probation period underneath Sergeant Sisk, who's played by John McGinley, a.k.a. Dr. Cox. And Dr. Cox hates him. Mm-hmm. At some point, Dr. Wilder, who's played by Michael I want to say Michael Caton or maybe Catan. I don't know. I've never played that board game. Catan. He's the man who did the surgery on Marv, and he comes to tell him that he's worried that Marv won't be able to control his animal urges. And when Marv is like, you're crazy, it's just the badger milk, he blow darts him and takes him back to the barn where he did the surgery. But Mm. Marv eventually just leaves. I mean, (laughs) there's nothing really stopping him. He just learns that he's going to have some animal urges that he can't control. I don't know why they have that scene. Yeah, the doctor locks up like a doggy door and then Marv just opens the door and leaves. And that's like, it was a joke. It just like wasn't a very good one. Mm-hmm. And like also that seems pointless. But Yeah, it's sure. completely pointless. Marv does end up having problems controlling his urges though. He wakes up in a butcher shop eating raw meat. Uh, he pees on Rihanna's porch. He humps a mailbox. He seduces a goat. Um, but at the same time, he also manages to save the mayor's son from drowning. So, you know, good and the bad. Mm-hmm. But when a couple of cows are killed and the chief, played by Ed Asner, um, gets a police sketch of the culprit, which looks just like him, he's put on paid administrative leave. Rihanna comes to visit him at his home, where he's made a beaver dam, essentially, in his garage. She tells him that she knows that he's not dangerous and that she's going to spend the night with him to prove it. He asks her to tie him up, but the next day he's not handcuffed because he looked uncomfortable and also sex stuff. Uh, but it turns out that that night a hunter, a bird hunter was mauled and the uh, police it was a, come. It's just a bird watcher, I think. 
Wasn't no, it? it was a bird hunter. They specifically oh, okay. said bird hunter. <laughs> a bird hunter was mauled that night, and the police come to hunt Marv down. They form a literal I'm, just, I'm dying angry at mob. The, a specific bird hunter. Like someone was going out to hunt a bird. Well, that a was the thing. She, yeah. Okay, Alex. I don't want to spoil the plot summary. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but like, also, it doesn't actually make sense later. That's why I didn't pick up that as a bird hunter. Yeah. Uh, you might hear some rain. I apologize. It's starting to storm. We have severe thunderstorm warning. Anyway, they form a literal mob. In the woods, Marv comes across Dr. Wilder, and Dr. Wilder says that there's another beast around. Um, and there's a chase scene where literally every character out there, except for Rihanna, becomes a red herring for being the extra beast. Like, literally everyone Mm-hmm. And when Sergeant Sisk nearly falls off a cliff chasing Marv, Marv saves him and says, I'm not an animal. Of course, I'd save you. But Sisk goes to shoot him anyway. And oh my gosh, turns out Rihanna was the second beast all along. <laughs> and she saves him. But the crowd closes in. And in a I'm Spartacus moment, Miles says that he was the beast. And the crowd shrugs it off and says, we'll let it slide this time. Because the running joke is that because Miles is black, people let him get away with too much stuff. And that makes him mad. He says it's reverse racism. Yeah. And I will point out five of my laughs in this movie came from the lines Norm MacDonald did in this mob. Four of them. He had five (laughs) lines. I laughed at all of them. (laughs) So good. His line at that is like, I'm not going to be part of a lynch mob that lynches a black guy. Yeah. Gets out and. Norm Macdonald says it funnier than I did. Well, it's just because everything Norm Macdonald says is hilarious. His his voice is funny. I don't know how his he does it. His voice is just a funny voice. He's, he's a funny fella. Yeah. Uh, fast forward a year and some odd months, and Rihanna and Marv have a whole litter of hairy children, and Dr. Wilder is with the Badger Milk spokesmodel. The end. Yeah. That plot's quick because nothing really happens in the movie. Well, the thing is, it does have a lot of, like, scenes that I didn't talk about. That's <laughs> they don't do anything (laughs) no they don't really do anything and they felt like they were filmed in a way that like they were filmed and then cut together without a lot of thought yeah i found it interesting one of the cut scenes they mentioned is that like the horse he was like given parts from like his legs i guess probably like they're like yeah that horse has adhd and then like i guess that could have been a funny (laughs) Bit, but I'm like, yeah, I, I want to know about the personality quirks of the seal you got your, like, gill from. Well, he, he, they do actually go through all the animals that you see and show how those animals affected him. Like, with the dog, he can play frisbee really well. The horse, he outruns a horse. The seal, he saves the mirror son. He does, like, the seal thing. With the goat, he's attracted to a goat, I guess. And with the chimpanzee, he gets into a fight with the orangutan. Yeah, I mean, they kind of do it. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, most of those things, I know he does them in like a super special way. Like, but other than out racing a horse, it's just stuff I could do. Like, I know how to swim and I could fight a chimpanzee. <laughs> yeah, but can you smell drugs up somebody's butt? Well, I'm not a narc, so I won't tell. <laughs> the line that I think I laugh the most at was when a reporter says, can you smell what's up my butt? <laughs> <laughs> There are some genuinely funny lines, but none of them are delivered by Rob Schneider. Yes. The things around him are much funnier. Oh, yeah. So much funnier. So, 
Like I mentioned before, this movie kind of plays like a horror movie. It's set up. They even have references to, well, of course, they have the references to the Isle of Dr. Moreau, which is a horror movie. It's a body horror movie or book, really, but movie too. And they also have references to werewolf movies Mm -hmm. uh, with the full moon coming in. He says, oh, it's almost nighttime. It's not safe here. You should tie me up. I mean, that's. Almost yeah. line for line, that one werewolf movie with Boris Karloff. I think it's Boris Karloff. Regardless. They, they also have uh, this scene from uh, Werewolf in London where you're going through the woods very quickly in a shaky way. Mm-hmm. At least I think that's from that movie. I mean, that's like from every werewolf movie. Yeah, I think it was originally from that one. I might be wrong. Um, and then they have Frankenstein references with the mob and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean... There are so many of those horror movie references, but it is not filmed like a horror movie at all. Although there was a kind of scary... I think that if they had filmed that last scene where they're chasing him through the woods, if they had filmed that in the dark, I think it would have been pretty cool, like seeing Colleen's... uh, Not Colleen, but Rihanna's eyes light up on green. (laughs) It it was a mistake for sure, I think, to film that at noon in the spring. Like, (laughs) it was nice and stuff. It really takes a ton of the, like, anything out of it. Yeah. So um, even though it did have all the horror movie references and it hit a lot of horror movie beats, it just wasn't. It didn't have any suspense at all. The only suspense, well, I guess they, there kind of was a little bit of suspense in the woods. Like, you didn't know who was going to turn out to be the beast. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk about that because yeah. it's bullshit. I hate that part. They do a decent job where Fatty admits earlier that he's addicted to pornography and also, he uh, keeps saying how hungry he is, mm-hmm. um, which are two of the things that the doctor tells Marv he has to control so that the animal doesn't come out of him, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turns out he just wants to eat some berries, and he's fine. He does not eat miles. I'm like, okay, good red herring. Then they show the doctor has, like, a dragon's foot. Like, I don't know what that was really <laughs> he about. He has, like, a really gnarly foot, yeah. Turns out he's not the animal either. Um, and then it shows Dr. Cox... Seem a little animalistic and super strong, but really he's just a ripped dude. Nothing comes out of it. And then the one person who in earlier in the movie they made a point to prove was not the animal is the animal. It's Rihanna. Well, yeah. I mean, even the chief was a red herring for the oh, yeah. uh, the beast. Yeah, the animal. He's just out by himself in the woods and has kind of a creepy line with, yeah, yeah. with Rihanna. I forgot about that. So so the one thing they show is that uh, Marv has giant scars on his back and an X to show that he had surgery on him. And then in the final scene, they show that uh, some supermodel that's now marrying the doctor from the Badger Milk ad also has that X. And they spent like three minutes filming Rihanna's back in a earlier scene while she like had, uh, was it an open back dress on? Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You're right. They proved beyond a doubt that she couldn't have been the beast. Which is like, makes that scene where she becomes the beast so shitty. Like, literally, if it was Sisk, it would have been a good movie, I think. If it had been any of the other characters. Mm-hmm. If it had been the chief. If it had if been it had been all of them, it would have been hilarious. Oh, yeah, it would have been so like, good. You're, you're a beast, too? Well, I thought we were just, you know, blaming it on Marv here. And then they all laugh about it and the whole mob's beast men. God, hilarious. <laughs> See, that would have been way better thematically, too. Yeah. Oh. But they, I, it felt like a movie that they had filmed several different endings for. 
And <laughs> like, if you want, went to the theater in one night, it would have been one ending. <laughs> if you went to the theater good. another night, it would have been a different one. But yeah. yeah, you're you're right about that. It doesn't really make sense, even thematically, for Rihanna to be the beast because this whole movie is set up to be a commentary on the police. Yeah, and to be a commentary on how like, and to be a commentary on captivity, to be a commentary on masculinity, to be a commentary on like all of that. Um, I thought it was really interesting that of the people who were the the red herrings for the beast. It was the three police officers, Sisk, the chief, and Fatty. And then Marv, being a person who wanted to be a police officer so bad, is actually also a beast. It didn't make sense for the environmentalist woman to be one. Yeah, who has done nothing other than have sex, I guess, to, to show her desires. I guess, yeah. like, she was nice to Marv, and maybe that's a commentary on being nice to your quote-unquote own kind. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it just it fell flat right there. Even if they, if Miles actually was the beast, and they still were like, oh, well, you know, we're not gonna go through with that. It would have been more interesting to me. Yeah, you know, we're we're recording this episode in the middle of unrest in the country after the murder of George Floyd at mm-hmm. the hands of a white police officer, and it's. It was interesting for me to watch this movie during that time and think about the commentary on police, like attitudes in the police force and and at the same time make commentary on race with the with the only black character, Miles. It it felt so dissonant to me because mm-hmm. on one hand it has these themes about how the police are, you know, inherently animalistic. But then they also have Miles make this commentary about how he's treated better because he's black, which is not something that you that that's not true. (laughs) You know, it's just really it was jarring for me to watch the movie with those two themes put together. Yeah, he 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 mentions multiple times in the movie um, that reverse racism is happening to him and that they're so aware that he's black that they're going to treat him with i guess like the kid gloves on yeah he's smoking in the airport yes um he makes a joke about how he's the supervisor at airport security now and he's only been there for 16 days stuff like that um but Mm -hmm. i I don't think you're familiar with this do you know what guy tory's uh like biggest role before this was no i don't so he played lamont in american history x oh who is responsible for taking Edward Norton's character and befriending him yeah. and basically weaning him away from white supremacy. He He's the like coolest character in that film, basically. And that that can't be completely like accidental, in my mind, is to have no. him playing this role that is so focused on race. And I kind of think it's it's making fun of all of it, is what I think. Yeah, is it tongue-in-cheek? Because in reality, mm-hmm. like, if you're looking at what really happens in the world, if the realistic thing would be to have everyone blame the black guy at the end in this mob. Yes. I don't think that would fly in a, in a comedy movie that te- treats things so tongue-in-cheek like that. But that's why, <laughs> like... But also, the, they, they, they're making fun of the alpha cop in this. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we're supposed to see Rob Schneider as sympathetic. Mm-hmm. 
and he is a loser who can't even make the police. Um, they show this like uh, large woman able to do the police course, but he can't. They show that the chief of police is like this disgusting dude who like eats out of the trash and wants to know how to lick his own balls. <laughs> yeah. When they think that he's like hurt or murdered a guy, I guess hurt. They're just like, yeah, you're on paid leave. It's fine. Like they, they do make fun of the police. It's not really that transparent. But like there's even the thing where while a armed robbery is happening in their small town where nothing happens, they're just all playing softball. Right. The police have no care to do their job. Yeah, there's that scene. There's the scene where, like, the stuff that actually catches criminals, like, evidence. They don't care about the evidence room. Yeah, they make fun of Rob Schneider for caring about evidence. The things that they have to do in the obstacle course include fighting an old woman and putting out a homeless guy's fire that's on him. Yeah. And then climbing a wall, like a normal obstacle course. Uh, There's the scene, like you mentioned, where because Rob Schneider's been gone from work for the last eight days, Fatty says, I just said that you were an alcoholic who's unreliable and disappears for days at a time, and they're all okay with it. Yeah. Like, that's incredible commentary. They're they're making fun of how cops generally act, um, and the fact that, sisk this alpha cop who's ripped is constantly trying to belittle him and constantly like yeah yeah doing this this whole thing in the like one of the opening scenes a bunch of eight-year-olds cuff marv to a cabinet and then spray paint lose on them and then sis comes in and goes you've forgotten r and spray paints loser they show that the police are bullies and shitty in this Mm -hmm. marv still wants to be a cop because his dad was a cop like that's it he doesn't yeah. have any opinions on what it means to be a cop or anything about that. He's just thinking, my dad did it. Yeah. You know, there are other scenes, too, that really kind of reinforce this idea of cops being bullies. Mm-hmm. There's just a scene that has no bearing on the plot at all where they pull up to a neighborhood. There are some, like, la- Latino guys. Yeah. There's graffiti behind them. They they don't they're not doing anything. They're just they're congregating, which is completely illegal and within your constitutional rights. No one can tell you that you're not allowed to congregate. Remember that, kids. But the Sisk pulls up and the guy, like one of the guys, is like saying, Get out of our neighborhood. This is our neighborhood, these are our streets. Again, not illegal to say and do. Mm-hmm. And then Rob Schneider starts barking at him, and that's all. That's like the whole scene. Yeah, he acts like an animal and scares them away. Yes. And I mean, like, I think it's unfair to animals that we would relate them to cops because they're worse than that. Oh, no. (laughs) Getting really heavily into the politics in this one, guys. I guess if you've already gone through, like, the the previous episodes where we call, like, literally every Adam Sandler character. Yeah. Like, looking at it from a queer lens and calling each of them, like, a queer allegory. I mean, maybe you're okay with what we're saying here. We did warn you that this is a leftist podcast. I mean, if you're willing to listen to an hour of little Nikki commentary and can't take five minutes of me saying that cops are bad, (laughs) what the fuck's wrong with your life? (laughs) And again, we are recording this at a time of national protests of police brutality. I've seen some of my friends get tear gassed and hit with rubber bullets. Yeah, I don't like that. 
we we got a a trunk full of water bottles that we're saving for the Black Lives Matter protests, and we will be out there. But right now is Adam Sandler time. <laughs> this is important. <laughs> they they also show um, Sergeant Sisk turns his cop car into a monster truck at one point. Yeah, as a macho thing to do. I mean, and also showing that he is a monster. And yeah. the only reason Rob Schneider's character becomes a police officer is because he's literally transformed into this monster. And, so, and I guess the basic idea that you can't be a cop unless you are a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we thought all oh, these cops were monsters through the film. It's because yeah. they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But the real monster is anyone who's into um, reality television. What? Rihanna was on Survivor. The real monsters are... That's a fucking good joke. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought you meant that this was something actually in the theme, and I was really confused. Just a joke about Survivor. They're on, like, season 40 now. That shit's wild. There's also, like, a, the running commentary where they keep saying, like, don't do any of that super cop shit, where, like, he sniffs stuff out of people's butts. They start calling him a super cop once he has the ability to smell inside people's asses, which <laughs> I think is pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, keep in mind, though, during that scene at the airport... When he sniffs the drugs in somebody's butt, what he has done is an illegal search. Oh, yeah. He, he ta- was not a police officer. And he also sexually assaulted a person. Yeah, he tackles a man and then tells people, believe me, I know what I'm talking about. And then reaches his hand up a dude's butt. Like, and it got him a promotion. Which, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if I'm looking into it too much. But, you know, a cop actually doing that and, like... Th- he could have just planted the drugs on him. He wasn't searched on the way in. <laughs> right? Like, he was friends with the security guard. I mean, this is the second Rob Schneider movie in a row that involves a, a TSA cavity search. Well, was it the TSA then? Yeah. Induce Bigelow? Yeah. I thought the TSA was uh, created after 9-11. No, you're thinking... No, no, I'm the... right. This is just airport security. TSA was made in November 19, 2001. Oh, yeah. Well, so there, there you go. There's a history lesson for you, children. They're just normal air support security. Before they tried to make uh, airport security worse. That's statistically well, before that, worse. They had they had yeah. people going in airplanes with drugs on them. Oh no. Yeah. There's that scene, and also the only scene where Rob Schneider is reprimanded at all is when they think that he killed those two cows, and Ed Asner is talking to the rancher, who's like in pieces about his cow saying like oh no they can't even eat and shit and that's all they have and i'm gonna put on a puppet show for them he's obviously very distraught and during this time ed asner the the chief he knows who did it because he has a very clear sketch of the guy he doesn't say anything to the rancher he Mm. brings um he brings marv into his office for a private meeting shows him the picture and never accuses him but says, you're going to be on paid administrative leave until we can figure this out. Mm-hmm. And also tell me how you're doing that, talking about how he's licking his own balls. Mm-hmm. Again, showing how the police protect each other and don't take, not that they don't take seriously allegations against other cops, but that they will, they would rather protect right. other cops. They don't take allegations seriously against other cops. I mean, that's just true. They protect their own, basically. And it, it's interesting is this commentary on it or is this so ingrained with how cops work that they just made up that the how it works? It's hard to say. Like, because if I wrote a cop show, 
it would have cops doing this shit because that's how cops work. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to are they playing it straight? I, I don't know. It's like, unfortunately, literally, I think cops are so kind of shitty that there's not really a good way to play them straight and not make it seem like a critique of cops. Yeah, that's fair. The, the good thing, though, they, they do not glorify the police in it, which I do like. They show these people as bumbling idiots who are mean and gross. Mm-hmm. And yep, that's it. They're mean and bad. I think that this movie might have been better. Like, they could have had him be any profession. Like, they could have made him be the dog catcher or something. You know? You, you're talking about Rob Schneider's character. Yeah. If this movie had him wanting to be a cop, but doing, like, animal control, I think that would have been a very good choice. It would have made sense mm-hmm. for the movie. There's a lot of things that you could have changed in this movie to make it make a lot more sense. The problem with it is, even though they talk about a lot of these themes, they never follow through. The plot's not actually really even followed through. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned with Rihanna not like not making sense at all for her to be the beast. Yeah. And that's what makes it hard to talk about this movie. And I mean, that's been true for several of these movies that we've watched where, you know, they touched on themes, but never really like dug into them. Yeah. It, and I, what, sh- what should we expect? I guess, but <laughs> still. But the, the other movies seem to have some closure with these themes. Mm-hmm. Like, Rob Schneider's movies always have an aspect of environmentalism to them where like, you know, they won't eat sushi because they love fish and they want to be vegetarians, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or like you have this environmentalist uh, main character who runs an animal shelter, mm-hmm. but it doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't have a message. Yeah, it goes absolutely nowhere. The only one that has a message is the stuff with the police and the stuff with Miles, mm-hmm. uh, Miles' character. Those are the only two that really do go anywhere, which is why I think that maybe it's not an accident that they talked about the police in this one. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it certainly was an accident that Miles is constantly harping on the ideas of racism in his scenes mm-hmm. and the fact that he's literally the only black character in the movie. Yeah. But at the same time, the theme for that one doesn't ring true. Well, again, I think it's if if we're taking it as these cops are shown... You know, they say, I'm not a warrior, so I can't be a cop or only animals can be cops. And yet to be like a super cop by doing this stuff, like doing bad things makes you a cop is what this movie says, Mm. because Rob Schneider is out of control in the entire movie. Like, you know, he's coming on mailboxes. He's like fighting dogs. (laughs) He's getting angry. He's eating all the time. He's constantly being grossly lustful. Yeah. I just thought of another scene, just real quick. I'm sorry for interrupting. Another example of not following through. The scene where he saves the mayor's son, right? Mm-hmm. It's at this party for, like, the police and for firefighters. Yeah, fundraiser cake, for firefighters. The cake that they bring out, do you remember what it looked like? No. It was a fire hydrant, and I really thought he was going to pee on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. that would have made sense. But he never peed on it. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to complain about that he never peed on the cake. Yeah, I mean, b- big problem with it. But, <laughs> I, I, again, what I'm saying, being an animal is what makes you a good cop, according to them. They all start calling him a super cop when he's doing these wild things. And then showing, hey, this is wrong. And then having that next to the, the thing with Miles. I think I'm probably giving him too much credit, but it seems to be like, hey, this whole picture is backwards and not great. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, 
really too much to say about this movie. I'm really surprised that critics gave it a 30%. Yeah, like, again, I think 30 is about where it should be, but I, I've i never agreed with the critics, you know? That's pretty crazy. Just comparatively, though, to the other movies that they rated. Like, I think that this movie was worse done, like, worse produced than Joe Dirt was. And what'd you say Joe Dirt got? Like a 16% or something? And that one I thought actually had some interesting, like it had an interesting framing device. And I just thought about how um, earlier today I was thinking about that movie again, where I said all the parallels to The Wizard of Oz and mm-hmm. the whole thing that he's looking for in the end is to go home, to find home. Yes. Wizard of Oz. But yeah, I just. Yeah. What, what can you say? It's, it was yeah. okay, I guess. It, it was a movie. It was a movie. Is there anything else you want to say about it? No. Like, I I already forgot. I feel like I I forgot most of the movie already, but actually I think there just wasn't that much to it. No. It it wasn't exciting. I would love to see a remake of this movie. You'd love it? I I want to see a remake (laughs) where where it's more about the social issues. I, I would like to write a remake where all the cops are animals at the end, and it's making fun of the police a lot more and that type of thing. Yeah. I think that'd be good. I mean, I would like to rewrite a lot of these movies, but Yeah. Oh, we were complaining Anyhow. like how we just want another good movie. Oh. Like it's weird, but I am I'm craving the days of The Waterboy, which I didn't like all that much, and I'm certainly craving the days of Big Daddy, but you are really excited about the movie we're watching next. Oh, yeah. This movie, I've only seen it once, to be fair. But this next movie, I think, is at least a top three Adam Sandler movie. But it's also, like, one of the better movies I've ever seen. And I hope it's not bad, because I did see it, you know, over a decade ago. And what is it called? It is 2002's Punch Drunk Love, starring Adam Sandler. I've never seen this movie. I have no idea what it's about. Oh, it, it is. It's not a comedy. How about that? That's exciting. It's a dramatic role. I am ready for that because I actually like him in his more dramatic roles. Yep. It has so many good people in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this movie. It's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's it's good to go. Who's Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is a director known for um, Boogie Nights is what I know him from. Uh, he did Magnolia. He did There Will Be Blood. He did The Master. Okay. But I mean, Boogie Nights, come on. <laughs> I have not seen it. I, dude, you haven't seen Marky Mark's dick? No, I've never seen Marky Mark's dick. Yeah, well, he used a fake one in Boogie Nights. I haven't either. But like what I was saying, this is a one-star Sandler movie. It stars Adam Sandler, and that's where it ends. Yeah, it's written by Paul Thomas Anderson, and yeah, produced by Sony, which Adam Sandler at this point still has a very strong relationship with. But it's not his company, so it's one star. I see. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm ready to watch n- a movie with Adam Sandler in it again. <laughs> I miss I miss Sandler. I miss Sandler. I did this for the Sandler. I got so excited when I saw him in the Mob. Oh, and and I didn't circle back earlier, but the quote I said in the beginning of the "Hey, hey, hey!" I got another question. Hey, uh, doesn't this guy deserve a fair trial? Is someone from the Mob? It's Norm Macdonald saying it, um, and that's why I found. That's why I picked that quote, because it, it made me feel like they were purposely showing the cops were, you know, wrong. 
Yeah, they were involved they were. in an extrajudicial judicial killing. And then he was attempted scolded killing. by Dr. Cox for asking that question. Mm-hmm. So yeah, where can we find you? Where oh, can we find yeah, you? you can find our podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter, and you can find me at, at Joska. And you can find me at Kitty Crusade on Twitter. And you can find our game website at wannabegames.com. I really wanted to say the debuts that time, and I stopped myself. <laughs> You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wannabegames. Um, I mean, if you want to support this podcast or our games, you can do that there. And you can also take my wife, please. That one didn't hit too hard. Well, you know, they can't all be winners, just like the animal. They can't all be winners, okay? Yeah, that's a three out of ten, take my wife. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 